Welcome, baseball fans. It's time once again to run the bases. I'm your host, Tucker Wells, joined as usual by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, we missed you last week at the Bistro. Uh, sorry, couldn't make it. Had some family issues had to deal with. Well, that's all right. We will be recording there again, I'm sure, and hopefully we'll get you there. So, um, so uh, we're, uh, we're talking tonight. We're leading off with some uh, three points from the hot stove in recent days. Uh, the one that everyone's talking about, Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez signing with the Red Sox. So, Coach, your theory is now completely true. They are a Premier League soccer team dressed up as a baseball team. Um, you know, I'll say something even further along those lines. Now the uh, these all-star games between the Japanese and everything, this is taking on the whole kind of attitude of a friendly uh, between one country and another, you know, when they come and play it, it uh, and, and you know, they're making a boatload of money, all the people that went over there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world baseball classic will be upon us again in 2016, I guess. Well, I mean, they haven't done, I mean, they had an agreement for to uh, American all-stars to play in Japan every two years. And they quit that in 2008 because of, the American Baseball Classic, or not the American, I mean the World Baseball Classic. And uh, now, for some reason or another, they picked it up this year, and I assume since Japan won this one that they will want to continue doing this. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's interesting that, uh, how do you make Cuba, I mean, for, for years, their players are under armed guard, so they can't escape. And now... You have like the Diamondbacks just signed that kid, uh, Giannis Tomas for. Oh, did they sign him today? Yeah, they signed him for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, sixty-eight oh, okay. million for the life of the contract. How is this happening? How are these? I mean, are all these Cuban guys just defecting? And if it's so publicized, I don't here really in the know States, how it's happening, but I assure you that Cuba is getting money out of the deal. I would have to think so. Yeah, I mean, certainly there have been academies in Cuba for years. Uh, like the Dodgers and, you know, now probably everybody. Um, I don't know that. Or is that the, no, am I no, thinking? that's the Dominican. They that don't, is the Dominican. Uh, they right. don't, uh, we haven't had academies in Cuba, but Cuba has its own, you know. Mm. Well, now in, in local Braves news, uh, what do you make of the John Lester buying a house close to the future site of Sun Trusting Park? Uh, coincidental, uh, we're still not going to be able to afford him. He's becoming more and more expensive, uh, each day, you know, and, uh, as much as I think he would like to play here, we're not going to be able to pay him that much money unless we get rid of everybody. Yeah. Well, it looks as though the, uh, giants are going to back up the Brings trucks and they're going to be the winner. Cause, um, you know, now without Sandoval, they have to make a, they have to make a big splash somewhere. So, a starting rotation with Lester and Bumgarner at the top. I mean, do you pencil in the the Giants in the World Series again? Maybe they actually go back to back for one, for a change instead of every other year. No, let's just wait a little bit. Yeah, it's November. It is November, and what a lovely November it is. Um, and back to the Red Sox though. Uh, Ramirez, Sandoval. Now you have Cespedes. Now you actually have hitting in a lineup that had no hitting last year. So where do you see the Red Sox um, in 2014, you know, pending other moves that they will most likely make? Uh, I think they will be the worst fielding team in the American League. 
Probably so. They have uh, maybe about seven different DHs on the team. <laughs> well, they're they're not going to care. <laughs> They'll just knock in 10 runs a game, I guess. I'm not so sh- certain about that. Uh, the, uh, the Red Sox have been an intelligent team for the last five or six years. But uh, the Panda has been a real pedestrian player during the regular season. Uh, now, playing in Boston may make him step up and look at more days as, uh, you know, they're like the playoffs or something because Boston certainly has that attitude. Ramirez, when's the last time he played over 120 games a season? I don't know. I, that one confounded me because it's a short deal with a lot of money. It's, uh, it's, they wanted him back. The Red I, Sox don't that? like the Red Sox don't like trading away stars. They the Bagwell thing haunted them forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what a coup though if they get if they re-sign Lester because then they basically just picked the the Athletics pocket. They got Cespedes and then they get Lester back. They they loaned him out just like a Premier League soccer team. Yeah, but that that's happens that that's not the only time that's happened. They were playing for the A's were playing for a pennant. Yeah, you can't blame them for that. They finally I mean, had to go yeah. for the gold ring instead Look of the brass at, one. I mean, the Braves, uh, you know, when they got J.D. Drew, and, you know, this happened so many times. Yeah. Uh, like when given. the Tigers got Doyle Alexander, and we got somebody named Smoltz. Oh, yeah, that was good. That worked out pretty well for us. Um, and then finally, uh, third point from the hot stove, um, that not a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Kyle Seeger re-signs with uh, the Mariners seven years, a hundred million dollars. What do you think of this? I think it's a Freddie Freeman signing. They're they're buying his years of service. They're taking away his um, his arbitration years. I, I think it's a it's a good sign. I think if you figure you have a ball player that's going to be a regular. Uh, through his years of arbitration, then you're foolish not to try and sign him to a hundred million plus contract. Well, I'm I'm saying that this is a great move that is not going to be talked about much because a it sets you up to sign Nelson Cruz, which we've talked about, but then also uh, Seattle is going to be I think really good next year. I see them as you know easily uh, could be a favorite in the AL West. I think so too, but I think there the the fact that Seattle has to travel almost from fifteen to twenty percent more than any team in major leagues. That uh, I mean, and they have their own jet now and everything, uh, but that is a real strain on Seattle, just like playing all those day games used to be a strain on the Cubs. It's a uh, something particular to that team that uh, they have to be a little bit better than everybody else. Yeah, but I think they will be. I mean, you know, they have the pitching, certainly, and now they have, uh, you know, the key pieces in place. And, uh, you know, Seeger before Robinson Cano is having to hold up the entire lineup. Um, they need a right-handed hitter. And that man's name is probably Nelson Cruz, I guess. Um, Could so. be Justin Upton. Could be Justin Upton. That's true. And what what would the Braves get in return? Pitching. 
You have a you have a name or just pitching? No, they have a bunch of young pitching. Yeah, well, that's what wins in October. So I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say Seattle will be formidable in October next year. I do. I think they will be as well. All right. So now going first to third. We are talking about the uh, game of baseball in the land of the rising sun, uh, Japan. Coach, uh, my introduction to Japanese baseball was, of course, the uh, the the classic movie Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck, highly uh, overlooked at Oscar time. Um, it was, I, it was. Truly an underrated movie. I, I thought it was really good. And uh, all Major League ball players all say Tom Selleck is the best uh, player in Hollywood, more so than Charlie Sheen or Kevin Costner uh, or anybody else that Selleck is the best. Do you know who the worst is? Gary Cooper. Ke- <laughs> well, that's a good, yeah, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> well, when did he play ball? On a House of Cards. There's oh, okay. an episode where he's warming up to throw out the first pitch at a ball game, and it is the most, you can YouTube it, it's the most awkward looking thing ever. So, but Gary uh, Cooper, they had to film it backwards because he couldn't hit left-handed at all. He couldn't even fake a swing. Yeah, wasn't it in '61? Anthony Michael Hall was Whitey Ford, and they had to reverse his jersey because he was a righty, and so they had to. They made yeah. Uh, I think that was and a, he was a Michael Hall. Right, it was. It was. He was Whitey Ford. Well, so okay, so I'm uh, you know the Braves are winning the World Series in '95, and there's this tornado-throwing uh, pitcher named Hideo Nomo, who beats out Chipper Jones for the Rookie of the Year, and that's when I first knew about you know Japanese players coming over to America and ruining my dreams. But um, Japan baseball in Japan has been a sensation for uh, over a century. Yes, uh, and it's a bigger deal in Japan than it is in the United States. Who do you see as the most successful? Well, first of all, who was the first Japanese ball player to come over to uh, America in, and play in the major leagues? In 1964, uh, a NPB team in Japan loaned the San Francisco Giants three pitchers, or I mean three players, I don't know that they were all pitchers, uh, to uh, kind of... Uh, go through their farm system, go through the Giants' farm system. One of them, Masanori, uh, was Masanori Murakami. And let me let me say this right now: I have uh, problems with Japanese player names, and I feel as the it's age that has that's given me this problem. I remember when I was young and people had trouble with all of these Latin names. I mean, to the extent that Roberto Clemente had to be called Bob Clemente, where, you know, uh, just insulting <laughs> That's stuff. Awful. That uh, is just awful. It was even on the baseball card. I think it was the 59 card where it said Bob Clemente. I because I that's worth something. Uh, the, but uh, I, I didn't have trouble with all of uh, these Latin names, but I seem to be having trouble with a lot of uh, Japanese and Korean names, and I, I don't think that's so much a racist thing as it is uh, just an age. I'm old, and I just haven't had, you know, that's what I'm blaming it on. But so at, you, yeah, so at you, any you rate, just feel bad and guilty that you're aging. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Okay, that's but, unfortunate, but it happens to all of us. It does. So. Uh, Masanori Murakami was one of these three players that was loaned to the Giants, and he was the... Uh, 
it, the minor league that he played in, the Pacific Coast, it wasn't Pacific Coast League, but some, some league, he was there like rookie of the year, and he was brought up in September. And in 65, he played with the major league team. The Giants wanted to sign him, but the uh, NPB said, no, we're not giving him to you. I can remember him pitching. I, I, I can remember, and he didn't have that kind of hesitation thing that uh, Nomo and all of the Japanese pitchers had. That developed later. Uh, he was kind of, he was smooth, uh, a lefty. Uh, but I, I do remember him. I can still see him. Uh, but he played in 65 and then went back to the NPB. Uh, and he was one of the players that was uh, responsible for that or that led to the agreement between the U.S. Uh, the U.S. and Japanese player uh, commitment, which uh, or uh, contract, which was essentially leave our players alone. Uh, there was no contract. Our players aren't going there. Uh, the uh, and. Uh, part of the thing, I mean, this had to do with later on with Irabu and there being no compensation for him. A lot of things led to this. Yeah, we have the, you know, we have these highly publicized posting fees now, which I think are standardized, right? Because yes, Tanaka, uh, like Daisuke with the Red Sox in 07 is, you know, that $51 million. Was, that's one of the things that led to the. Uh, the when did we thing. get the posting fee? After that, uh, well, like right after. And, so we're well, talking. Well, see, there were several things that led to it. Arabu was signed by a team that he didn't want to play for, uh, and the uh, Hideki Arabu. Uh, I mean, there have been several things, but the uh, Daisuke thing. Okay. Daisuke thing was one of the the big things with this, and the posting thing now is, you know, essentially uh, the player has. Uh, the team is saying, all right, he's worth this much to us. You will pay us this money if you sign him. Uh, you have 30 days to sign him. Uh, he has 30 days to negotiate a contract with any, you know, he's a free agent for a month. And But if he can't sign, then he comes back to the Nippon League. Yeah. Well, so before we get into kind of the current age of Japanese baseball and how it, it's, it's so uh, a part of the American game, um, we've talked before, you know, baseball is as old as the civil war in America. H- how long has it existed as an organized game in Japan? When did they I, I catch wind of it? I, I don't remember exactly. And, and here I'm, I don't remember the names as well, but there was a teacher at a school in like 1880, I want to say, uh, an American teacher in a uh, Japanese school that first introduced it. Then there was a Japanese player that had been in uh, the American leagues who came uh, or had been in uh, Major League Baseball and then came back to Japan. There been uh, it was introduced in the 19th century. Uh, then we have all of the barnstorming things with. Uh, you know, American leaguers with the Babe Ruth things, and we talked about Mo Berg going there. You know, all this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, happened. International through. man of mystery, Mo Berg. Right. Uh, Spoke seven different languages, but couldn't hit in any of them. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it has. There has been Ed Walsh did a couple of tours there. You know, this is way before Babe Ruth. Uh, it. Um, I, I think. I mean, it, it's as old as the nineteenth century. And now it has changed a lot. They had the the guy who uh, had a 
Japanese te- team that, uh, and I don't remember all the details. So you really are old right now. Yeah. Like you're showing that off in uh, flying colors with this memory uh, well, r- recognizance thing. But that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still with to remember you. things in the 19th century. This isn't, you know, I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, there. Now you made me forget. Uh, talking about my memory, you made me forget. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make the, you forget. The uh, he had a team that lost, and he didn't believe he should. Uh, and so their pitchers started all of this real rigorous training. And in Japan today, the high school baseball tournament is so big. It is their Super Bowl. It is tremendous. And they have pitchers that throw in high school will throw 400, 500 innings in a high school year. And that's when, so when you have a Daisuke Kawakami come to <laughs> uh, uh, to the, uh, or a Kawakami, uh, <laughs> come to the United States, they've already thrown 50 grillion innings, you know, and they, they're, they may be 29, but they're pitching with a 39-year-old arm. One of the amazing things is this guy, this new young guy in Japan today who pitched, uh, was part of that no-hitter in the third game in this Japanese-U.S. series, uh, who was throwing an easy 97-98 in the seventh inning, uh, who had not... Uh, was a shortstop until this year. Hadn't gone through this rigmarole that all of these Japanese yeah. pitchers had. And he's like 22 and has a like a hiccup in his contract where he's going to be available for the United States in like two years. Uh, just a tremendous prospect. Oh yeah, he'll make a grillion dollars. You know Tanaka. He's he's that's that's exactly what happened to him this year. That was all the worry because he was. Uh, he was the, he was the star of one of the more recent one of those high school tournaments. They all are. Darvish was all of them. I yeah. mean, uh, now, isn't Darvish? He's Korean, right? Or no, no. you Darvish is Japanese. Okay. Um, let me ask you this: um, Has baseball always been such a sensation in Japan? And furthermore, are there other team sports that were at one point more popular than baseball in Japan? Uh, they they have they're a lot of sports that are popular in Japan more popular than they are in the United States. Ping pong, for instance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but gymnastics and all these different things. And but those if, are more individual, like team sports. Gymnastics, yeah, yeah, I agree, but they, they say it's a team sport. Uh, you know, certainly soccer has not been a big deal in Japan. Uh, it's becoming a bigger deal, but they're still not very good at it. Baseball has always been their sport. They don't have a football, and I don't want to say anything uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. racist or anything, but they don't have a whole lot of basketball players either. You don't, you know. <laughs> that, that, that part of the world, they don't breed them tall, and they don't breed them big. They are getting bigger and they all are getting taller. It's because of They're, all the McDonald's that are now well, no, open. It's a, a dietary thing. God, this this is it's I, not, I feel like I'm acting like Jerry Lewis and I'm putting on, <laughs> you know, glasses and trying to act like a Japanese soldier in 1943. Well, no. I mean, it's it's hard to talk about 
uh, athletes across different cultures without coming off as just slightly racist, but it's not, it's not, it's understood. They don't have the kind of athletes that compete in team sports like football and basketball and hence baseball. So it's just an interesting thing that it's almost more of a sensation than it is in the United States, probably not more than in the Dominican Republic and Cuba, but you could argue that, you know, just look at the 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 friendly all-star competition that just happened. One of the things I I really like about baseball there is that it is different. Uh you I mean, it's a big deal in uh, South Korea, but in South Korea it's like American minor leagues. I mean, they play the same. Their pitchers don't have that hesitation, you know, and stuff. They don't it's not quite their ballparks are bigger. You know, there's several of, I mean, what, there are 12, uh, the uh, ballparks in the Japanese league, but five of them, I think, are illegal, it would be illegal in uh, MLB. They're not big enough. No, I thought you said, you told me one time that the that down the lines in Japan are a lot shorter. That Yes, they are. That's what I'm saying. They're, they would be illegal. They wouldn't allow them. in. So what, what ballparks are bigger then? Or you're saying ballparks are bigger in korea in korea they're like american ballparks okay. you know but in japan they they have their own you know like we want them this way uh and they have i mean they have uh you know, they have all this training during the season their season is just as long uh as an mlb season they play almost exactly the same months and time and everything else but they play a 144 game season Whereas we play 162, that's a lot more days off in a smaller country where travel is not anywhere near as uh, problematic as it is in the United States. Well, what are the what are the dollar values for Japan, for players in Japan, and is it structured the same as baseball in America, where there's a minor league system? And oh, they have a minor league system, and I don't I don't know to what you know, how many levels it is and everything else. but they do have a minor system yes. and, and, and you know they have i mean you have um uh i mean are the salaries comparable i mean are they make are there a hundred million dollar seven-year players over there that are signed for the equivalency no, and no 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 they're they're making a very comfortable living let's you know to be certain but they're uh the ones in the major in mlb make more money so in japan though they're really I mean, the with the exception of uh, Hideki Matsui, they're singles and doubles hitters and triples hitters. Is that what? I mean, you don't think you outside of Ichiro, what is the most successful hitter, Japanese hitter that Matsui. hit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think there's. They're any, almost always pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that have been real successful. There've been a lot of middle, uh, you know, uh, middle infielders and stuff that have. Played. Aoki's um, on the Royals. Yeah, he's he's really solid. Well, he's he's a free agent this year. Uh, the uh, and I I think he'll be gone too. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Katsui Matsui. Hideki uh, Matsui or no no no, no. Uh, Kazu Matsui. Oh, uh, Kazuhiro, I think. No Matsui, the guy. We're who's really with falling the Mets. down on this. Well, this is where I'm. I'm I gotta have trouble with these names. But it was the guy Mets, was the yeah, guy was Kaz. with the Mets. Kaz yeah. Matsui. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's playing back in uh, the uh, Nippon League now. As are many players have come here, played here, and have gone back. Uh, I mean, he was an all star. He was a tremendous uh, 
uh, second baseman. That guy that was with the Cubs, uh, the uh, uh, Fukudomi, Fukudomi. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, there were a lot of hilarious T-shirts uh, with his name well, improperly spelled. <laughs> yes, on I, it. I'm sure. Uh, the uh, but and he never reached the. He was a hitter in he was a hitter. Uh, in Japan, but he never uh, reached that in the uh, MLB. He never reached his potential. Could you imagine Harry Carey trying to pronounce his name? <laughs> Not really. Uh, the uh, I think his first name was like Kosuke or something like uh, that. It was K A S. It was Kasuki. Uh, K A S U K E. Fukudome. Yeah, Fukudome. I might have Kasuki. to censor that uh, when I edit this. But anyway, no wait, I don't edit it anyway. So. Uh, I mean, but you're you're certainly right that the most. Uh, I mean, other than Ichiro, the and uh, Matsui, the. The greatest one, uh, Japanese players have been pitchers. But do you see? And I, and I want to say something else. Nomo was a lot better than we gave credit for. You and I both disliked him immediately. Not only was he a Dodger, he took the Rookie of the Year away from Chipper. And, and absolutely, it was a crime against humanity. He should. I mean, he wasn't a rookie. We were like, "How can you call him a rookie?" I, I mean, know none we, of these we, guys are rookies, and we didn't like him immediately for that reason. But he was tremendous when you look at what he did uh, and all of the innings that he had already pitched. It was like the Dodgers had picked up a thirty-five-year-old pitcher from uh, the uh, uh, you know from the Japanese leagues who threw a fluke. They, I mean, he was able his agent was able to say he was essentially dead uh and that's why the dodgers could wait sign what him. the dot he was a free agent and his agent found a clause that was saying that if uh as a free agent he didn't have to play with the japanese leagues anymore but it was like he couldn't ever play again it was like it was almost like claiming he was dead uh, There's a negotiating tactic for you. Oh, I know, and that also led to the, uh, you know, the players' agreement between the two countries. But I mean, it, it was a smart move by his agent. And uh, but Nomo went on a pitch for like six to eight teams. I don't know, and had a couple of no hitters. And I remember the no hitter. I think he threw a no hitter. I think he that. threw two. Well, I know uh, he threw one, more he, than one, but the he threw first one in one. each league. Uh, I think they've only been two pitchers that have. I mean, he's had a tremendous career. I mean, uh, not a Hall of Famer. Ichiro is the only one who will be in the Hall of Fame so far. But uh, but a tremendous year. I mean, a tremendous season or career that we seem to kind of ballyhoo. You know, nobody... well, he was the first. I mean, I, I you know, he was a he was a sensation with his delivery alone. And he's like, you know, it's amazing how the Dodgers bring in these sensations like Fernando Mania and the Nomo. But that's when it was from that point forward that I, as a young baseball fan, understood, oh, there's talent that comes from Japan and that they're going to be formidable pitching in this league. But I never saw a hitter until Ichiro. Well, I don't think anybody did. Uh, the uh, But I'm telling you, the Masanori Mukurami you know, in 1965 was a... Very effective pitcher was a, I mean, he's a reliever, but a very good pitcher. And uh, I didn't really look into it, but from that point on, I was like, why aren't there more Japanese players in the MLB if we have all of these guys from the Dominican and you know every other country? Yeah. Well, at what point? I mean, 
you know, that's there's 30 years between that moment and then Hideo Nomo. At what point did you see the influx really start to happen? Uh, last couple of years when they had the posting <laughs> thing. I mean, so uh, after that, after that one player in 65, then it's it's there was shut off. You're not getting any of our players until Nomo snuck through. Yeah. And Nomo snuck through, too. I mean, because he was dead. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Now, uh, you know, we just saw the end of this um, MLB All-Stars versus the Japan All-Stars. Do you think a uh, in this day and age, a All-Star Japan League team could travel well in the United States and be a draw, the way that our U.S. All-Star team is a draw over there? No, not the same way. Uh, I would go watch it. Uh, oh, I, I would certainly go watch it. But, I mean, this is like, this is huge in Japan. I mean... Every game is sold out way in advance and stuff. Uh, and it's a tremendous nationalistic type of thing there. Here it wouldn't be. I mean, you look at, I mean, we had, I don't, I think most of the players that play for the U.S. team were not from the U.S. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Now, um, let's close with this. Um, you hear a lot about uh, ball players. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm choking on my coffee. Um, you hear a lot about U.S. born and bred ball players that when they can't cut it in the major leagues, they go try and play in Japan. Do you think that this sort of backhanded insult towards Japan baseball that we're so much better that that has gone away? No, uh, I think there are uh, skills that American ball players can bring over there. There is certainly, uh, I mean, the ballparks are smaller. Power hitters uh, become are a premium over there. I think uh, I I don't think the Japanese league is as good as MLB, uh, and I uh, do think that uh, major league ball players can bring a lot to the. Uh, but do you see it like if if let's say there's a young prospect, you know he's from Nebraska or wherever, in the United States, he's coming up and he gets to that point where it's time to sign with a major league ball club and he can't sign with a major league ball club. He doesn't get the attention he thinks he's He's a quad A player. He's a quad A player. And then he goes and signs in Japan and has a career in Japan. Is this, to him, not reaching a great level of baseball? Uh, No. All right. All right, first of all, you hear from everybody who plays in Japan that they are treated like kings, that they are— Like uh, Tom Selleck. Right. Uh, and However, they also, unlike Tom Selleck in Mr. Baseball, they have to be their own coaches because the hitting coaches and whatnot for, are, have very limited English, uh, and so they have to really kind of adjust and— uh, and coach themselves. They've got to be very disciplined in that sort of thing. There are other problems that they have that uh, you don't have in the United States. Um, I, you know, I think it takes a particular type of player to be successful in Japan. Yeah, agreed. Now here it's just a pop quiz to, for our listeners before we, before we come into home. Um, who is the most successful U.S. player to play in Japan. Oh, I've heard this before, and I—I uh, I don't have the answer. So I've had—I've had the answer, but I don't remember right offhand. We'll go with Tom again, Selleck again. Okay, again, you're—you're you're hitting <laughs> on my my memory. 
that's all right. Well, Coach, thank you as always. Thank you to those out there listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Running the Bases and on iTunes. We're going to have a very special guest next week, Orwin Smith, former A-back of uh, Georgia Tech football. We're going to shake it up a little bit and talk a little football and just college athletics in general. And, Coach, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, Not much. Uh, The grandkids are in uh, Minneapolis. All right. Well, there you go. Watching some football, perhaps, and eating some turducket. Yeah, I'll I'll be eating and watching. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Coach, as always. Thank you. Coming into home. Have a good night. Good night.